Welcome back to Trenus Magnus, Jab's Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and what I do is I talk about comics, movies, and TV shows. Or at least that's what I talk about on the main show, which is Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. But ordinarily what I do for Trentus Magnus Jabs Reality is I just talk about whatever I happen to feel like talking about, right? So there's like, in theory, there's like dedicated subject matter that's associated with Trentus Magnus Punches Reality, whereas Trentus Magnus Jabs Reality, apart from being shorter, or at least it's it's supposed to be shorter than an average episode of Trinus Magnus Punches Reality. There are no real content restrictions on Trinus Magnus Jab's reality, right? That's the thinking. But when I look at the episode that I released earlier this week, which is to say Adventures in Freelancing, which has nothing to do with comics, movies, or TV shows, and then I think about the episode that I'm recording right now, which does bear on movies at least, I kind of have to wonder at what point along the way did I royally screw things up with my format. I don't know. But anyway, what I wanted to do today is uh, talk about prequels. And the reason for that, as many of you may remember, may even be sick of hearing about at this point, I've been going through Uh, a pretty serious Lord of the Rings kick lately and again as many of you probably know the reason for that is I did my annual Lord of the Rings trilogy rewatch over Memorial Day weekend and then I want to say it was like Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that I I also included in my rewatch a fan edit of The Hobbit right basically the Maple Films fan edit of The Hobbit. It's all three Hobbit movies edited into one four-hour movie. That's what I did. And the doing of that, it just kind of made me think, you know, for better or for worse, The Hobbit, at least The Hobbit movies, The Hobbit movies are prequels now to the Lord of the Rings movies. Now, it doesn't matter if that's best policy or not. That's the way that things shook out. And it seems like now would be a good time for me to say that, or at least reiterate that, guys, the book, The Hobbit, is not a prequel to the book, The Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings is a sequel to The Hobbit, at least in books. But in film, The Hobbit is a prequel to Lord of the Rings, right? So, what is a prequel? Well, prequel is one of those words that gets abused a lot. But what you need to understand, guys, is that a prequel is a sequel. Now, as I've said thousands of times by now, a prequel is a sequel that takes place before the original work. But that doesn't change the fact that it is indeed a sequel, right? It's just a sequel that takes place earlier than the original work. That's what it means. That's all it means. And so the next time you hear somebody just abuse the word prequel, you have my permission to correct them, right? Now, excuse me while I get a sip off my Dr. Pepper. 
guys, <clears throat> I don't know what happens that like <clears throat> the the instant I start I, I start podcasting, my my throat goes dry like that. It's it's really annoying, and it happens all the time, and I can't really think of a like a good way to deal with that. So. Yeah, anyway, can't think of a good way to deal with that. Maybe maybe enough said there. But uh, <clears throat> I've been, uh, like I say, just thinking about a lot about Lord of the Rings. And as part of my annual Lord of the Rings trilogy rewatch, that does include the Maple Films fan edit of the Hobbit trilogy, right? Basically all cut together in one four-hour movie as I've beaten into the ground by now. That's really where the whole genesis of this episode came from. Because one of the things that... I think we can all agree upon is that the Hobbit trilogy just was not as well, it just wasn't as well uh, received as the Lord of the Rings trilogy had been, right? And there are reasons for that. Many of those reasons, I think, really aren't Peter Jackson's fault. Now, they nevertheless remain his problem, but they really aren't his fault. And so, that's just something that we need to be sensitive to, but at the same time, you know, Lord of the Rings fans, or I guess, like, Middle Earth and movie fans, I don't even know how to really describe this kind of subset here, but basically fans of the Lord of the Rings movies, I think it would be safe to say, didn't necessarily get as into the Hobbit trilogy as they did the Lord of the Rings trilogy, right? I think I don't think you're on you're on very thin ice if you say that the core audience of The Hobbit, they were left a little bit cold by, by those movies, you know? And there are people out there who can sit, sit here and explain to you why these movies are actually better than you might think. They can, uh, you know, they can break down some really obscure pieces of Tolkien lore that nevertheless got tossed into uh, the Hobbit trilogy. They can extol the virtues of Howard Shore's music. They can uh, wax poetic about the incredible production design and costume design and all these other things. And you know what? They're right about all those things. But at the end of the day, the core story of the Hobbit trilogy was weighed, weighed in the balance and found wanting. Again, I don't think that's a controversial statement, but one of the things that kind of interests me is just is basically how well the core or not so much how well, but I guess like how differently the the core uh, Tolkien fan base reacted to, let's face it, lackluster prequels as compared to the way that Star Wars fans reacted to lackluster prequels. And maybe, you know, this just sort of speaks to some of the key differences between Tolkien fandom and Star Wars fandom. I don't know. But whatever it is that's going on here, the parallels really do interest me, right? Or at least they, they interest me now. I mean, at the time that the Star Wars prequels were coming out, this was right around the time that the Lord of the Rings trilogy was coming out. And the comparisons uh, between the Star Wars prequels and the Lord of the Rings trilogy really did piss me off back in the back in the day, right? But you know, as I get older, I am kind of interested in, I guess, the way that 
the Lord of the Rings trilogy compares to the original Star Wars trilogy. And as it relates for this particular episode, how the Hobbit trilogy stacks up to the Star Wars prequel trilogy, right? And I guess like as a sub thing, like a sub sort of discussion, how the reaction to those prequels went down, the differences between the Star Wars and Tolkien fan base, and maybe what that says about each of them. Not to say that one's better than the other or anything like that. But at the same time, I mean, they, they have faced some pretty similar challenges. And, and like I say, one of the things that I've always found kind of interesting is that Tolkien fans, like I say, I think it would be... I don't think it's, un, it's unfair to anybody to say that they were fairly disappointed in, in, in the Hobbit trilogy. Like, whatever it was that they were expecting from a film version of The Hobbit... I don't think they got it from the actual film version of The Hobbit. And, you know, my familiar familiarity with the source material aside, you know, I can, I can see, you know, where, like, where they're coming from. But the thing that interests me about this for the Tolkien fan base is not so much that they were disappointed with the movies, with The Hobbit movies, but how they handled that disappointment, you know? And you could almost picture some, I don't know, like a faculty lounge where uh, a bunch of old guys are sitting around and they're smoking pipes. And they're basically offering intellectual, rational criticism of the movies. And it's just, I mean, like, you, you can picture, like, somebody in the room saying, I rather liked the movies, you know, these Hobbit movies. I rather liked them. You know, the 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 film scores by Howard Shore were incredibly well done and they're just a lot of fun to listen to. Plus, they really build on the themes and the motifs that were established in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And maybe some other guy says, <laughs> No, Charles, I'm afraid you're wrong. These movies are just not not as interesting, not as entertaining, and God knows, not as well planned as the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. The story just left me cold. Ha 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 And, you know, just going on from there, right? I could picture that. You know, I mean, is that an exaggeration? Yeah, probably. It's probably a little bit of an exaggeration, but, you know, it just seems like somehow, you know, Tolkien fans, even in their disappointment, they just seem to be a little bit more scholarly about things. I don't know why. And I'm not even, hell, I'm not even necessarily saying that that's even necessarily a positive thing. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily respond well to, you know, listening people, you know, flip out about stuff for hours and hours and hours on end. But, you know, there are people out there who kind of get off on that, you know? I mean, their attitude is like, dude, show me some emotions here, please. Let me know that, you've, that you're alive and you got a pulse. I mean, show me something here, man. Come on. Sign of life. Anything. So, a faculty lounge is kind of what I think of whenever I think of, you know, Tolkien fans discussing anything, including their their reaction to the Hobbit trilogy. Whereas, a bare-knuckle fucking cage match is pretty much what I think about when I remember how the Star Wars fan base greeted... Uh, 
uh, greeted the uh, prequel trilogy in general, and in particular, The Phantom Menace back in the summer of 1999. You know, you hear a lot of revisionist bullshit these days from people who, honestly, would probably do better to keep their mouths shut, but, you know, you, you hear people sometimes say things like, you know, gee, I remember what things were like back then, and, you know, the Star Wars fans, they... You know, there were differences of opinion that mostly people people talked it out. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I mean, like, look, I was there. I know exactly what happened back in the summer of 1999. I know how things really went, okay? I was fucking there. And people were tearing each other apart over that movie. And I should probably just say over those movies. But in particular, dude, none of the prequels got it worse in terms of a reception from the fans, none of the prequels got it worse than The Phantom Menace. I mean, the the vitriol that uh, that people were uh, posting on uh, places like TheForce.net and, and, and things like that, you know, the things that people were saying to each other, I wouldn't say to my worst enemy. I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing, I guess, you know, I have like a difference of opinion and stuff, but you, you remember the, the faculty lounge thing that I was just talking about? No, man, I mean, like, with the Phantom Menace, people were like verbally beating the tar out of each other, you know? And there was nothing that even somewhat resembled uh, civility or, uh, I don't know, uh, courtesy, politeness, you know? All that stuff was out the window, and it was... It was nothing but leather, man. I mean, people were just trading shots all over the place. It was fucking incredible. And 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 that's and that's the thing. I mean, like, I'm kind of I'm kind of looking back at the way that people reacted to the Hobbit trilogy sort of in retrospect. And I get that. I mean, I don't necessarily have the same perspective on that as like an actual Tolkien fan. But damn it, man. I mean, I was there, you know, back in the prequel days when people were kicking the tar out of each other and I know what things were really like back then and I'm here to tell you there wasn't anything uh, civil about it There was it wasn't scholarly it wasn't anything I mean people were just smashing the crap out of each other dude and <clears throat> you know it just it, it just kind of struck me as it's just so odd you know the way that the Tolkien fan base reacted to lackluster prequels over and against the way the Star Wars fans reacted to lackluster prequels. I mean, because, you know, like, when you think about it, yeah, you know, I've got that Maple Films fan edit of The Hobbit, and I watch that once a year, and you know what? It's great. I, You know, I, I enjoyed it, you know? And I guess I could probably be talked into, you know, watching the actual, you know, Hobbit movies, the, the three Hobbit movies, as opposed to just a fan edit of them. You know, I could probably be talked into watching those, and might even enjoy a lot of them you know and i i would even go so far as to say you know i could probably even enjoy um uh probably even enjoy the uh you know watching the star wars prequels as well because in my mind i mean they you you really can compare the two i mean for those of you who are interested i actually did i would say a, a pretty deep dive on all three of the star wars prequels and so if you're interested in hearing that go check check those episodes out but for me it wasn't necessarily as simple as saying the Star Wars prequels are good or for that matter the Star Wars prequels are bad you know it it's not that easy you know there are some really brilliant ideas 
in the Star Wars prequels, and I, I will argue that to death with anybody, anytime. Having said that, the naysayers, they have a point. I mean, and, and again, I've outlined a lot of those points and where I happen to agree with them in previous episodes, but namely the three episodes I did about the Star Wars prequels. But suffice it to say, I see where the haters are coming from, at least somewhat. You know, there are legitimate flaws and problems and shortcomings, just plain fucking bad ideas floating around in those three movies. And when I really start thinking about it, you know, there are some flaws, some shortcomings, some just plain bad ideas that are lurking around in the Hobbit trilogy as well. Which, as I say, for better or for worse, is now a prequel to Lord of the Rings. And that, in fact, is one of my gripes with The Hobbit. It's that it's now a prequel to The Lord of the Rings rather than The Lord of the Rings being a sequel to The Hobbit. But in any case, you know, just the way that that I can sit through uh, the Star Wars prequels and say, yeah, that's that's some good stuff right there. Or, oh, no, over here, no, this is uh, some not-so-good stuff. Yeah, this... This was, uh, this was definitely a swing and a miss, you know? And it just, I don't know. I mean, it's, to me, the, I guess what I'm saying is the, the Hobbit and the Star Wars prequels, in terms of their overall quality, I would actually say it's pretty much a wash. I don't think that the, that the Hobbit trilogy is drastically better or drastically worse than the Star Wars prequels. I think they're you know, like pound for pound, I would say they're actually probably just about on the same level in terms of my enjoyment of them. There are things that I enjoy. There are things that I, suffice it to say, don't enjoy quite as much about each of those trilogies. And I guess there's really no way for me to say this without sounding like I'm insulting the Star Wars fans. And I guess I'm sorry for that because this isn't really intended to be an insult, but it's like, that the way that the Tolkien fan base greeted the Hobbit trilogy, to me, is just so much more mature. I mean, it was like they just kind of held up their hands and said, hey, look, these movies aren't exactly what I wanted from the Hobbit in film. So, yeah, I'm, I'm out, you know? And then that was it, you know? Whereas, like I say, I mean, the vitriol, the anger... The hatred, the bile that was uh, going around between this small segment, admittedly it was kind of a small segment, of prequel fans, you know, as the prequels were coming out, against the vast majority of the star of the core Star Wars fan base, which, suffice it to say, did not enjoy the prequels quite as much, and kind of made Jar Jar their, their, their kind of like their, their personal pinata the thing that is like just most emblematic of everything that's wrong with the prequels <laughs> there is Jar Jar Binks and I don't know it's just I mean because you know with Jar Jar there's not I mean he's in he, he's in the Phantom Menace and then that's pretty much it It you know he's in Attack the Clones a tiny little bit and then he's practically gone Entirely, almost, but not quite, in Revenge of the Sith. And the the comparison that everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of people wanted to make there was Radagast the Brown from the Hobbit trilogy 
and he was sort of like the Jar Jar Binks of that trilogy. And I don't know, that just seemed like it was a, that was a bridge too far for me, you know? And, you know, that maybe is one of the few instances of, I can't even say that was vitriolic, but maybe it was a little bit hyperbolic on the part of whoever in the Tolkien fan base that, that made that comparison. But that's really about as bad as it ever got. Whereas, arguably, George Lucas raped my childhood was the first internet meme that, that ever existed, you know? That's how much people fucking despised the Phantom Menace, guys. You know, and... There's really not like a resolution to this that I can offer, you know, it's just, but it is one of those things that, you know, I think the comparison, you know, between these two relatively lackluster prequel trilogies, you know, and just the similarities between them in terms of how they disappointed their core audience, I think that kind of speaks for itself. But one of the things that doesn't speak for itself is why the Tolkien fan base re reacted differently to the Hobbit than the Star Wars fan base reacted to the prequel trilogy. And at least in terms of that, I do have a little bit of a theory. It's not much, but I do have a little bit of a theory on that. And basically what it comes down to, I think, is the... The Lord of the Rings movie trilogy that was that really was a watershed in in cinema history i mean there are a ton of reasons why peter jackson deserves every single last bit of credit that he gets for making those movies you know i i buy it you know yeah let's all kiss peter jackson's ass for making the lord of the rings trilogy i mean those are some fucking amazing movies two things though Number one, I sometimes wonder if the Lord of the Rings didn't benefit from a comparison to the Star Wars prequels that were coming out at the time. And number two, at the time that the first Hobbit movie came out, I don't think it had been quite 10 years. I think, because I think an unexpected uh, party, or fuck, whatever, the first Hobbit movie, I my memory of it is that came out in December of 2012, so not quite 10 years after Return of the King came out, here comes The Hobbit. Whereas, with episode one, I mean, like, the core, the original audience that saw Star Wars 77, when that came out, they had grown up, they'd gotten married, they'd had kids. You know, they'd spent all these years, like, uh, well, like, I think, it was, I think altogether it was over 20 years between the time that Star Wars 77, in fact, yeah, it was 22 years between the time that Star Wars 77 came out and The Phantom Menace came out. 22 fucking years, people. And people, uh, you know, these fans, these kids, they'd had a chance to, to grow up with Star Wars. They, they grew into... Uh, adulthood with Star Wars. They got married when they were Star Wars fans. They had children uh, who had probably become Star Wars fans themselves. I mean, Star Wars had become a cultural fucking institution by the time that 
the Phantom Menace came out. <clears throat> and I can't help thinking that that maybe was the Phantom Menace's undoing, you know? That maybe if Lucas had released the Phantom Menace just as it is back in 1980, well, maybe not 1989, because that was a pretty fucking busy year, but like 1988, if he'd released that back in like 1988, I think maybe, just maybe, it could have gotten a warmer reception. I mean, that's not to say that it necessarily would have aged any better than it did, but I don't know that necessarily the the original fans that grew up and just fell in love with Star Wars, basically that Star Wars generation, that first one, I don't know that they would have rebelled against it, against the Phantom Menace in 1989, the way they, or 1988, the way they did back in 1999, you know, because it was, like I say, I mean, it got pretty ugly, you know? And Star Wars was just, and this is the point, was a cultural institution. And it was a cultural institution in a way that I don't think that the Lord of the Rings movies were, are, or will ever be, you know? Because when you come right down to it, when you take everything else away, the Lord of the Rings is a book. It was a book that was written by J.R.R. Tolkien, and it came out in 1954. That's the Lord of the Rings. And so those movies, you know what? They have their fans, they have their admirers, they have certainly a, a ton of money at the box office and more awards than anybody's going to ever be able to live to count. But at the end of the day, Lord of the Rings isn't as defining of the culture as Star Wars. And it's just that simple. Plus, it came out less than 10 years. The Hobbit came out less than 10 years after Return of the King. And so I think a lack of distance combined with a lack of stature, maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, Tolkien fans didn't just lose their shit over it, you know? I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to think about, and I don't know if there are any definitive answers, to tell you the truth, but it is interesting to think about in terms of why there might be a just such a disparity between the way that the Tolkien fan base reacted to their prequels as compared to the way that the Star Wars fan base reacted to their prequels. You know, I think those two reasons that I outlined, you know, lack of cultural stature and a lack of time, it just kind of makes, it, it, it just makes sense to me, you know? It, it, I don't know about anyone else, but I think there's merit to that. So, and this is actually one of those times when I want to solicit feedback from you people write in and let me know what you think you know if you agree or disagree i actually I, I would be interested in having kind of like a protracted dialogue about this i want to know what you guys think you know do you think i'm right or do you think i'm wrong send me an email and let me know trenusmagnus at gmail.com that's t-r-e-n-t-u-s-m-a-g-n-u-s at gmail.com you can write in your thoughts or you can record your thoughts and send those to me as a wave file or mp3 or just you know whatever you got just send it to me you know, either spoken word or written, and, you know, let me know. You know, I want to know, like, do you agree with me? Do you disagree or what? Because, you know, I, there's no denying that there, there is a difference in the way that the Tolkien fan base reacted to The Hobbit as compared to the way that the Star Wars fan base reacted to the Star Wars prequels. And those two reasons are really what I think. So I want to know what you think. Just, you know, 
write in, email me, let me know. And that, I think, is pretty much it for me for right now. So, bye, everybody. I'll see you next time. Remember, email me, trentusmagnus at gmail.com. That's T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S, trentusmagnus at gmail.com. See you next time. think that's just about the end of that. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a proud member of the Two True Freaks podcast network. You can find the home for Trennis Magnus Punches Reality on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. You can friend me on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus which is spelled T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. You can email me and my parole officer at trennismagnus at gmail.com. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? Feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about the possibility of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise. Do you have a podcast of your own? If so, why not record a promo for me to play on my show? It's quick, easy, and can help you spread the word about your show. I'm always looking for more promos to play. Keep it fairly short, and yours could be next. My promos can be found at this show's homepage for those interested. Just look for the promos section. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at TwoTrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. The contents of this podcast are fictitious, hypothetical, and probably completely unnecessary. Any similarity to living persons or real-life events is purely coincidental and void where prohibited by law, some assembly required, batteries not included. 
The white zone is for passenger loading and unloading only. All models are over the age of 18. Trenis Magnus Punches Reality is a Magnus Media Enterprises Limited production in association with DeMonzacore of Milan, Italy.